you for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church. To find out more about The Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. Well, good morning, Movement Church. Good morning to all my family and friends who are watching online. Do me a favor, throw in some chat hollas. Throw in some chat amens. Come on, studio audience, can I get an amen? Let's try that again. Studio audience, can I get an amen? Hey, to all of you in watch parties, we're so glad that you're with us. We're so glad you tuned in. Maybe we've never even met. I can't wait to meet you one day. One day we'll actually be able to see you face to face. For those of you that I already do know, oh man, I miss you. Like you cannot even imagine. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but uh, we're in the middle of a global pandemic, uh, right in the middle of an election year with racial tensions at an all-time high, with conspiracy theory theorists going crazy and then you've got the people who think that conspiracy theories are insane and so there's conspiracy theories about conspiracy theories and 5g is everywhere and it's nuking our, our minds we don't even know what to think because of the cell phones of bill gates oh my god kanye west is running for president right now kanye west kim kardashian could be the first lady of the united states of America. I might run for president. I, Megan might. We might. Who knows what's going It is a crazy year. Can I get an amen from some people who just would agree with me? And even though I'm being silly today, in the midst of the craziness, it it's challenging. We have friends who have gotten COVID and are fighting through that. And we've got people that we know that have lost their lives. And we have people that we know that are right now, that are torn up because of where our nation is as we are driving towards racial restoration. And we've got people in our world right now who are just desperate for the hope that's found only in Jesus. And man, it is just a weird, stinking time. Can you turn to somebody and say, it's a weird, stinking time. Turn to your other neighbor at your watch party and say, you just stink. And then we'll move. (laughs) I I, I have a message I want to preach to you today, but I, I just honestly... I want to kind of give you a little status update as to where the movement church is. Uh, uh, The movement church. I feel a little excited today. I want to bring you some message today of the glory of God. And anyways, that was my my Pentecostal roots coming out. You know, uh, man, what what in the world, right? We talked about our four-phase re-engagement strategy. I think it was uh, seven years ago in week 38,000 of the pandemic and we're, we have to do it again. Like, don't leave your house ever. Don't look at anyone or breathe. And uh, anyways, thank you studio audience for laughing. So here's where we are. Uh, we're right here now. <laughs> we're in watch party phase and uh, the schools are not opening, right? As it stands right now in 2020, uh, Laguna Hills is like, we can't have outside vendors. So we're not going back there right, right now right now uh and some of you are in watch parties and we love that and some of you aren't comfortable being in watch parties and we love that but right now we're in phase one just trying to gather god's people again in groups of 12 because when god's people gather god's presence shows up yeah come on. that that's 
and unchangeable. If that's not even a word, I made it a word. You can't change that. God's people gather, God's presence shows up. And as we build steam and momentum with watch parties, and as restrictions are lifted, then we'll roll into larger groups of community services where multiple watch parties come together. And then as that builds steam and restrictions are lifted and we're able to come on sing in the house of God, can I get an amen? And, and also have childcare available for you parents who are like right now running around chasing your child, like, please, God, help me. And, you know, duct tape works. Just make sure there's a, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, when, when we can do that, we'll go into pop-up campuses. And we're building our leadership structure, structure and strategy right now for that. So right now we're in phase one, watch parties. And people are like, when are we moving to phase two? And I'm like, I don't know. You, you tell me, when is COVID gonna end? I don't know. So we're just gonna pray about this and take baby steps towards it as restrictions are lifted. We'll move into the next phase. Yeah. But you know what we have right now? We got church. Uh, and so let's just keep doing church. Yeah. Yeah. So get in a watch party. And if you don't feel comfortable getting a watch party, make sure it's not fear doing that to you and it's wisdom. If it's wisdom, then get in an after party. If you're like, I didn't know after parties existed. We'll start an after party. And stop waiting for someone to take care of you and be a leader. Can I just say that? Can I get an amen for a moment? Man, I feel the presence of God in this place. Anyways, let's move on. I just want to tell you, just jump into a watch party. Try it out and watch what God does. Or do an after party and be on Zoom with some people. But lean in and watch what God's doing. Listen to what this says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22 through 25. And this is the passion paraphrase. It says this. So now wrap your heart tightly around the hope that lives within us. Knowing that God always keeps his promises. Somebody needs to hear that. God always keeps his promises. His promises are not set back by a pandemic. His promises are a yes and amen. God always keeps his promises. Look at this. Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them toward acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together. (laughs) This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing. In fact, We should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate that day dawning. So we're in phase one. We're gathering together in small groups and homes for people who feel comfortable. And for people who don't, we have options for you online as well. But don't pull away. This is the time to lean in and to continue gathering as God is on the move. Can I get an amen? Amen. No, no, no. I said, can I get an amen? Amen. Come on, watch parties. Get a little louder. Can I get an amen? Amen. That's right. Now do me a favor. Reach into your pocket. Pull out your cell phone. Open our app. If you don't have our app, it's like you absolutely hate me and my whole family. And get ready to take some notes. And listen, I'm looking at my watch party right now. Every Sunday, I sit with some of the same people. And the people on the screen, which is usually me or my wife, say the same thing. And Jayla, pull your phone out. It's time to take some notes. It's calling you out, my friend. I want to pray. It's time for us to dive into what God wants to do. Bow your heads, close your eyes with 18 minutes left in my message. God, we thank you that you're here. God, we thank you that you are faithful. God, we thank you that you're up to something big. God, we thank you 
that you called us to be the salt of the earth, a city on a hill. God, we thank you that it doesn't matter what phase we are in, you are in the phase of doing the miraculous. It doesn't matter what seat, at what position we're in as a state, as a nation, you are in the business of doing the miraculous. So today we muster up our faith. We build an expectation and anticipation that you're gonna do something miraculous today in Jesus' name I pray, and everybody shouted. Come on, let me tell you that again, and everybody shouted. That's what I'm talking about. I want to share a message with you today as we conclude our series on salty. Turn to your neighbor and say, you salty. Turn to your other neighbor and say, no, for real, you salty. Listen, our theme scripture in this has been Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. I want to read this to you. It says, let me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and it will end up in the garbage. So Jesus is saying, you are the salt of the earth. Turn to somebody and say, you're the salt of the earth. He's saying, hey, you are the salt of the earth to bring out the God flavors of this earth. The Romans in Jesus' times had a statement that said, there's nothing more useful than the sun and salt. In those days, salt was a preservative in a day without refrigeration. They didn't have refrigerators. It's horrible. And for whatever reason, if you go to Europe today and ask for ice in a beverage, they think you're an idiot. I don't understand it. I like cold water. Can I get an amen from some people who like some ice cubes in their beverage? Salt was a preservative in a day without refrigeration. Meat would spoil unless it was salted. So they would use salt to preserve the meat so they could eat it over a longer period of time. The beauty of this is that salt loses itself in service to the object that is being salted. It loses itself in service to the object that is being salted. And you better lose yourself in the moment you own it, you better never let it go. Come on, you only get one shot. Did not miss the chance to blow this opportunity cause was in a lifetime. Felt some Marshall Mathers coming on for a minute. Woo! Isn't that interesting that when salt is applied to food properly, it is not to taste the salt. It is so that the food itself tastes more authentically as it should salt applied to food is not so that you can taste the salt it's so that the food tastes more authentically as it should another way to say that is that the food becomes foodier isn't that a good word foodier so you're not trying to taste the salt it's bringing out the original intent of the flavor of the food the salt is being added to and listen When you are the salt of the earth, your role is to make the world you live in more authentically as it should be. God planted you in the sphere of influence you're in right now because he said you have the ability, the insight, the gift mix, the skills to make the world you live in more authentically as it should be. God created this world. He created humanity. Man chose to go an opposite direction of God. God said, I don't care. I'm creating a plan that restores humanity to me. And then God put a plan in motion that involves you. He placed you in your neighborhood, at your workplace, in your family. Why? Because you can help restore humanity to its authentic purpose. That's what Jesus meant when he said, you are the salt of the earth. 
So how are you impacting your work, your home, your church, your friends? Here's a question I want you to ask yourself, and maybe even today during watch party discussion afterwards, ask these questions. Which of these do you bring into your world, fear or faith? Wow. Through the way that you speak, the way that you respond, the way that you react to situations, do you bring fear or faith into your world? I'm not just talking about the thoughts that only you have. I'm talking about how you interact with other people. Fear or faith. Do you bring determination or despair? Listen, it's overwhelming right now. I hate quarantine. The end. Can I get an amen? Amen. I want to go to a restaurant and sit down in a room full of people and eat some food and spit everywhere. (laughs) So this is no fun. But what people hear from our mouths as a result of the reflection of our heart if it's despair then we're not salting our world but if we say hey we're going to get through this we're going to make it this is not we are not done this is not final God is still moving is it despair or is it determination is it courage or complaints wow you know one of my biggest pet peeves is complaining yeah and you know what I'm really good at complaining I'm really good at it. In fact, sometimes I use humor to mask complaining because I just get frustrated at things. And sometimes I hear myself speaking and I'm complaining about a scenario or a situation. And then I realize I'm not putting courage in. I'm not putting courage in. I'm I'm just adding to the narrative that this sucks. Can I say that? I'm the senior pastor. I can. So take some time today and evaluate. By the way, that was some awkward laughter from our studio audience. Like, oh, man, can we edit that out? Our cameraman just turned and shook his head yes. Take some time and chat through this today. Remember, Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. It is in you. He didn't say you can be the salt of the earth. He didn't say you might be the salt of the earth. He said you are the salt. So maybe you have a history, a track record of adding fear, adding complaints, adding discouragement, adding despair. We'll just change it. Just start today because you are the salt of the earth. Jesus went on to say, and I love how he helped reiterate this through two different types of word pictures. He says, here's another way to put it. You are here to be light bringing out the God colors in the world. And I love the imagery of light. Now, obviously, this is pre-electricity, so he's referring to a flame. And when you hear you are the light of the earth, I think some of you think, yeah, I'm the light of the world. I'm a real boy. Little Pinocchio, oh, the light went out. This is what you might think. Like, this is who I am, and I'm the light of the world in this great, big, enormous place. Millions of people. And it's overwhelming. I don't know how you see yourself, but let me just tell you how I see myself. If I could have gotten a bigger torch, I would have. When I hear that I'm the light of the world, I think, yeah, I am the light of the world. I want to burn some stuff. I wish we could. We'd be inside. We'd get in big trouble. I'm the light of the world. That God called me to be a torch now not a torch of destruction i love how this scripture says to bring out the god colors so to use my influence to use this that god has created me to be to bring out the best in people the best in our world the best in every scenario the challenge with this is for this torch to work it requires a spark but then i have to keep my thumb on the trigger in order to allow fuel to continue to fan the flame 
So if Jesus said that we are the light of the world, what he's saying is that you determine whether or not I keep the flame alive. I determine whether or not I keep the flame alive. You determine whether or not you keep the flame alive. If you're a follower of Jesus, then he's already ignited the spark. And then the Bible says that he's given us the Holy Spirit to walk with us. And the church is here to resource you. So Jesus ignites the flame. The Holy Spirit walks with you. And the church is a resource for you. But listen to me. You have to take personal ownership of keeping the flame alive. It's not my responsibility to hold your hand and baby feed you and make sure that you're a good little boy or girl. Hey, if you're a follower of Jesus, he's given you everything you need. So be the light of the world. You determine whether or not you keep the flame alive. You take ownership on whether or not you'll fuel the flame. I want to give you a few things in about 37 seconds that'll help you fuel the flame as I slowly take some deep breaths so I'm not (gasps) on the mic. Let me give you a few things that'll help you fuel the flame in your life. The word worship, weeple and the wabbath. No, I'm sorry. I I was trying to do an alliteration. It just didn't work. The word worship, people, and Sabbath. 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 Say it with me. The word worship, people, and Sabbath. Why the word? Because I read the word and I hear God's heartbeat for me, his nature for me, that I can be walking through the worst season of my life and I can read in Isaiah, though I walk through the fire, I will not be burned. Though I walk through the waters, I will not drown. I can walk through a challenging time where maybe I made foolish choices and read Romans 8, 28 and know that in all things, God works out for the good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So even though I may have made some foolish choices, God's gonna turn it around for his glory glory the word rejuvenates and restores me and refills me that's why we're taking 21 days to dive into devotion to say God restore my soul David prayed oh would you return to me the joy of my salvation the word worship oh man it's not just songs in our band does it beautifully the way that they put this and arrange things together it's not just words spoken it's actually lyrics that connect to the heart of God it makes the big problems in my world turn upside down and now I see a big God instead of big problems and I sing songs of worship and my heart aligns with who God is and the presence of God shows up and now I realize that the Holy Spirit is actually walking with me the word and worship and people Oh, you need some godly people in your life. Godly people. And if you're godly people in other people's lives, don't be a complainer. Don't bring despair. Don't bring fear. Let's encourage each other. We need encouragement. Word, worship, people, and Sabbath. Yes. To take a day and rest. It's in the top ten. You know the Ten Commandments? God said, hey, there's ten things that you, you don't murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. I think we would all admit those are probably some pretty big ones. And mm-hmm. right in the middle, he said, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Yeah. And some of you are burnt out and you're weary and you are discouraged because you just simply aren't resting. Wow. Yeah. You need to take a minute and put your phone down yeah. and sit outside, maybe put some worship music on and just be. Yeah. In fact, the word says, be still and know. And know. That I am God. And listen, I'm talking to you, businessman.
because you think, well, I got to work, I got to hustle. No, actually, you're going to be okay if you take a few moments, maybe a few hours, and do nothing. I know you're awesome, but listen, God's pretty awesome. He created the earth in six days and was like, I'm going to chill right now. And if God needed a break, you do too. The word worship, people, and Sabbath. By the way, just that little nugget of a sermon will save your life. If you don't listen to anything else, it'll save your life. But listen to me. You are fueling a flame in your life right now. You are. You're choosing which flame you fuel. Some of you need to jump off of social media. You're so caught up. You're so woke that you can't see anything else. And you are overwhelmed by discouragement and frustration and anger. You just need to delete it. Maybe for 21 days, just delete it and lean into the word of God. You just just need to ask yourself, what is fueling the flame of your life? You're you're, you're fueling a flame right now. What is fueling the flame in your life? So listen, stay salty, fuel that flame, and light up your world. The scripture goes on and it says this, God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, You don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you out there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Turn to your neighbor and say, shine. Shine. It's time to shine. We have to go public with our faith. Our world needs Jesus now more than ever before. Our world doesn't need you. It doesn't need your posts. Our world needs Jesus. Our world doesn't need me. Our world needs Jesus right now. And God created you as the individual to go public with your face so that people can know the hope found only in Jesus. The challenge is we live in a world right now that wants to silence the voice of Bible-believing followers of Jesus. It's awkward. It's weird to talk about the things that that we believe in and I'm not sure how to stand up. And so instead of actually learning how to speak up about the hope found in Jesus, we slowly creep into a back corner with our faith. We'll stand for everything else except for our faith. Why? Because the world's trying to silence you. Now, I'm not asking you to go out there and get a torch, light yourself on fire and say, turn or burn. There's different ways to go about it. The challenge is that as we share the gospel, there are parts of it that are challenging that are actually downright scandalous, especially in the culture that we live in. There was a time when Jesus was speaking to the followers. He said, hey, you've heard it said to hate your enemies and despise those who use you improperly. And that was actually a law that was acceptable in the Jewish faith at that time. And Jesus said, hey, I want to tell you something different. Look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. He says, but I say to you, this is Jesus, love your enemies. Wow. Pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his son to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Where do you see this in our culture? To love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. We don't see that anywhere. We don't see this culture at work where it says, hey, even though I'm despitefully used, I'm going to love you through this. Can I just tell you, Jesus is not pro-cancel culture. He's not. 
And I know that saying that might make some of you angry at me, but he's nowhere can you find in the gospel of Jesus where he says, you know what? If you're not standing with me, then I'm against you and everyone else that you know. Jesus is above it. He always was. He was found hanging out with people that had lifestyles that were contrary to who he was. The Bible says he is the word, and yet he would spend time with them, lean into them, and let them know that love and grace was for them. Jesus is disgusted by the hateful behavior that we're seeing around our world right now, but he also is disgusted when hate is a response to it. Jesus is not pro-hashtag advocacy. I think so many of us think we're doing something because we're posting. (laughs) 780 videos, 83,000 hashtags, but you haven't left your house to go sit down with somebody and ask them how they're doing. You haven't gone to your city and said, hey, where's the pain here and how can I bring a difference? Jesus is not pro-hashtag advocacy. He's pro-doing something. In fact, I think Jesus said, hey, show me your faith without works and I'll show you faith. Woo! I'll show you a faith that is dead. Woo! Getting fired up. My voice is cracking, re-hitting puberty again. I think I said puberty. Listen, post. I'm not telling you don't post on social media. But don't think that that is changing something if you're not doing anything about it. I'm, I, 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 I love all your posts, but also research your posts. Yeah, that's good. Furniture companies, we'll move on. <laughs> Megan just rolled her eyes at me. Go to the city where you live, sit down with the mayor. Say, hey, where's the greatest pain point? What can I do? Who's hurting the most? Who needs hope the most? I don't want to add to the noise and the narrative. I want to be a part of the solution. Jesus is grace and truth. Salvation is a free gift of God, but the blessings of God require obedience. Salvation is free, but the blessings require obedience. Grace and truth. I have a 16-year-old daughter whom I love with my whole heart, and I will always love her. But if she dove into a life of drugs and alcohol and crime, I would probably kick her out of my house. I would not let her have a cell phone that I pay for. I would not give her more money to spend on foolish choices, but I would still love her. My love for her would never change. And the moment that she came back to my house and said, Dad, I'm sorry, I'd say, come on in. Here's your cell phone back. Here's the car. Here's some cash. Are you tracking with me today? Salvation is free, but the blessings of God require obedience. You don't have to freak out, be some Bible-thumping, devil-stomping Christian who goes out and tells everybody how to live their life. That's not your job. Your job is just to tell them about Jesus. I don't know why we think our job is to change people. You're struggling just to change yourself. And yet you're consumed with trying to change everybody else. Why don't we just focus in on who Jesus is, let him change us, and let him change other people? That's what our mission is. Just get people to Jesus. He will handle the rest. You don't find Jesus and stop sinning. You just find Jesus, start to fall in love with him, and it changes your lifestyle. Yeah, that's great. 
man, I'm preaching like eight messages today. I need to move on. The message of Jesus is both inclusive and exclusive. Challenging, I know. The free gift of God is salvation for all who believe. You can't earn the free gift of salvation. You can't be born into the free gift of salvation. It has nothing to do with your heritage or what church you go to, although I, I do believe the movement church has better people. No, I'm kidding. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter who you know. It's simply to believe. Inclusive. That means that you, you, you could come to Jesus just as you are, and he'll say, oh, I'm so glad that you're here. But the, the fact that the scripture implies it is a free gift of God for all who believe, it implies that if you don't believe, there's a consequence, inclusive and exclusive. If you believe life and life more abundantly and eternity in heaven, and it's for anyone, no matter your race, your gender, your creed, your past, your present, it doesn't matter. It's for anyone. But if you choose not to believe, there's a consequence. It's death and an eternity in hell. That's exclusive. And that's so terrifying to me because I think too often as Christians, we cling on to the pretty part of salvation. We cling on to the, the happy part of Jesus. And if I'm saved and he's doing a work in me, then we're good. And we forget that all of humanity is headed at life speed towards eternity. And there will come a day where everyone stands before Jesus and he'll say, did you believe? And there will be people in your world that you work with right now, maybe in your family, on your street, that God placed you in their world because you hold the message of hope. You are the light for them. And if you fail to share Jesus with them when they stand before him, they'll have to say, I didn't believe. And some may say, I didn't know. And Jesus, full of compassion, will look and say, I'm so sorry. But there's not place for you here in heaven. I might even wonder if he'd say, I tried to help. I placed some people in your world that could bring the message of Jesus, but they were so caught up with how you might feel if they talk about him. They were so caught up about being offensive and shoving religion down your throat that instead of telling you the message of Jesus, they just were. They just existed. They just did what they did and hoped that maybe one day you might ask, but they don't want to push it. I just wonder why we've become so huge of an advocate for every other thing in the world, and yet the message that matters most, the message of Jesus, which brings life and freedom today and life and freedom for eternity, gets lost in the minutiae. I'm not saying the other things don't matter. Look at me, I'm just saying, if you're a follower of Jesus, you are the salt of the earth, the light of the world. And the message of Jesus is in you, and the people in your world need that message. And I want to take a moment as I'm going longer in my message than I normally do, and I want to just talk to those of you who are watching today who haven't begun a journey with Jesus. And I apologize for being emotional. This is the reason why I exist. 
I don't, maybe it's just one person, just you, you're watching. You may have come across this link by accident. Maybe somebody shared it on Facebook or somebody invited you to watch and you've not begun the journey with Jesus. And man, I'm just telling you, you're, you're one decision away from experiencing life like you never have before. And the good news is you don't have to do anything to earn it. You don't have to have a spiritual heritage that's amazing. You don't have to be a member of our church. You just simply have to say yes to Jesus. And in a moment, I'm gonna pray a prayer and give you a chance to do just that right here through the airwaves. And there are some of you who are watching right now, and maybe you prayed a prayer like this, but you've been walking from Jesus. Some of you have been jogging away, and others of you have been sprinting. It's time to stop. It's time to come back to who he is. If that's you, you've never prayed this prayer, or it's time to pray it again for the first time in a long time. I want you just to bow your heads, everybody, at your watch parties, wherever you're at, right here, right now. Close your eyes, bow your heads, and maybe make this prayer your own. Just say, dear God, I know you love me, that you've given me purpose. Would you forgive me? Because I'm not perfect. I want to begin this journey with you. And just make these words your own. Just say, Jesus, I give you my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Would you email us at info at theocmovement.com? And if you're not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Send us an email at info at theocmovement.com and we'll get back to you shortly. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church.